I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm here with Michael Chernu, Professor of Healthcare Policy at Harvard Medical School. Professor Chernu has written a perspective article on the sources of the current gap between Medicare's budget for physician payments and the actual cost of physician services. And we're here to discuss the Sustainable Growth Rate Formula, or SGR, that's used to set payment rates. Professor Chernu, what was the original purpose of the Sustainable Growth Rate Formula? The idea when they developed the uh, Sustainable Growth Rate in the uh, late 1990s was to try and put a cap on the amount of money that was uh, spent for physician services. So in order to uh, achieve that goal, they um, developed a formula which set prices um, for physician services based on volume. So if the quantity of physician services rose rapidly, in subsequent years, the prices would be reduced to maintain a total spending at the target level. Um, it was one of uh, many different types of things that have happened over the years to try and control the rate of healthcare spending growth, which is the fundamental problem that I think our healthcare system faces. According to that formula, uh, payment rates would have been cut in most years since 2002, I believe, but they haven't been. Why have the cuts been waived? Well, the politics of cutting physician fees um, are very complex. There are serious and, I think, legitimate concerns about the impact that such cuts will have on um, the delivery of health care. And um, as the cuts have been called for, the political process has tried to find ways to shield physicians from those cuts. And the uh, the ramifications have been not simply to delay the, uh, to avoid the cuts. They haven't really waived them. They've actually delayed them. So they've accumulated. So if in the first year they were expecting a 3% cut, they don't waive the 3%. They just say next year we'll cut 3%. And if the subsequent year an additional 3% is called for, now you're left with a 6% cut the original 3% plus the new 3%. And through this process of delaying the cuts, there, uh, this gap has developed in which now physician uh, fees are scheduled to go down by about 27%, which I think everybody believes will have serious ramifications for access to care and um, really be disruptive in the healthcare delivery system. Congress has till the end of February to address the SGR problem or face that 27% cut. What are the prospects that Congress is going to reach an agreement? Predicting congressional behavior in this environment is almost impossible. There seems to be a lot of brinksmanship going on, and it takes a long time to get to a solution. My personal opinion is that there is a bipartisan consensus to avoid the 20% fee cut. Where the um, debate is arising is how to pay for avoiding that fee cut. And what has happened in this environment is this is no longer an issue of simply managing the Medicare program or paying physicians. This has become uh, in, wrapped up in the debate about the deficit, the debate about taxes. And so I believe that Congress will, in fact, um, avoid, perhaps waive, perhaps de delay, again, the 20% fee cut. But you never know in an election year exactly how that will play out when it um, comes time to figure out exactly how to pay for it. Looking a little more broadly, what are the possible alternatives to the SGR altogether? I think the broadest discussions about how to um, 
move physician payment away from the SGR is to move uh, away from the fee-for-service system. There's a lot that's been written about um, problems that arise in our fee-for-service system. Um, as our article points out, the SGR, but other aspects of the fee-for-service system are inequitable. Um, they don't provide the right incentives. It's very difficult to manage. And so moving to a system in which um, payment is not using the fee-for-service system strikes me as the best alternative to the SGR. It is hard to make that transition. The mechanisms are now in place, but it will take a while for the country to get there for a whole series of reasons. And as a result, most of the discussion now um, about getting rid of the SGR is really about how to replace it with um, a different set of fees. How do you update the fees? And the types of debates that are going on involve uh, simply getting rid of the SGR and putting it back um, into the system where all other providers are paid, where every year there's a conversion factor and there's um, that conversion factor rises by inflation or some other target, essentially just abandoning the scheduled cuts. There is a lot of discussion about whether or not the replacement system should um, have separate fee updates for specialty services or primary care services. It is really not clear to me which of these are being seriously considered because different people at different points on the political spectrum have vastly different views of this. Um, the extreme, which I don't think will happen but might happen, is a system called um, private contracting which allows physicians to charge patients above the Medicare fee. Um, I have not seen a lot of momentum behind that idea, but there has been some discussion of it in some quarters. Do you think any of those alternatives are economically sustainable? I think the uh, most sustainable approach is one in which you bundle payments and allow the provider systems, including physicians, to control the overall revenue instead of paying by the fee schedule. It will help avoid a whole series of pathologies that arise in our very fragmented payment system. So I think that's the most economically sustainable approach to avoid the poor incentives that are embodied in the fee schedule that we have. That's not to say that it's easy to achieve that. There are a number of challenges to organizations that are trying to um, move to that system, but we see examples here in Massachusetts with the alternative quality contract and other examples of, of global payment systems. We see a number of organizations signing up to become accountable care organizations. So there are a lot of um, leading edge organizations that demonstrate that these types of things can work at least um, are beginning to work, but the evidence base around them is very weak, and it's not clear the path for the vast majority of practices to move into these types of systems. So we have a lot of work to do. This is probably an unfair question, but what do you see as the uh, as the potential lag time? Uh, you, you describe these experimental initiatives. Uh, I've been surprised at how quickly things here have moved in Massachusetts. Massachusetts has been in the forefront of this um, issue for a long time, and um, we've seen in basically three years um, a dramatic shift to organizations accepting uh, innovative types of payments, global payments for example, and um, the amount of attention that organizations uh, outside of Massachusetts like Geisinger and others have had um, about their payment models has really been remarkable. So I could see um, 
something that has gone from a bit of the cutting edge to mainstream in you know three to four years. Part of it, of course, depends on what happens to the, how the SDR is fixed. If the uh, solution to the sustainable growth rate problem um, requires a cut to physician fees, and in fact the MedPAC recommendations included a cut of about 6% a year for three years for uh, specialty services, um, I think that type of uh, solution will push physicians very rapidly into organizations which allow them to capture the entire um, amount of revenue, which is in fact not declining. And I just want to be clear, the way the sustainable growth rate system works, fees are going down, but the assumption is that volume is rising. So overall revenue isn't plummeting. So if the provider system, physicians, um, can capture that entire revenue, you don't see the big cut. And then they have to take on more responsibility and manage care. And I believe that there are places in the country that can transition to that. Uh, system um, more rapidly than many people think, but it certainly won't be easy. But we've seen this in Massachusetts um, over the past three or four years. You've touched on this uh, already, but to ask you directly, what does the SGR dilemma tell us about the prospects of slowing the growth of Medicare costs altogether? Well, I think the first thing it tells us is the type of collective responsibility embedded in the SGR is simply um, not productive. The sustainable growth rate, um, as our perspective discusses, holds physicians in uh, Texas responsible for behavior of physicians in Illinois. It holds physicians who are um, primary care physicians responsible for the behavior of um, other uh, other specialists, and that type of collective responsibility doesn't work very well. I think that Medicare spending growth will slow one way or another because the economics of the federal budget demands that it's slow, and the question then becomes, what's the best way for us to do that? And I believe that moving to uh, more, integrated pay more integrated systems and a payment uh, structure to support that is um, the way we will go and the way we have to go. Not because that's a terrific solution, incidentally, but the alternative, as the SGR debate illustrates, can be a complete disaster. And I don't think anybody um, believes there's any way to run a Medicare program. And um, I think in many ways what's happened with these repeated short-term fixes is simply shameful uh, to provide you know, care for Medicare beneficiaries, to provide some sense of uh, certainty for the provider community about what they will be paid. Um, it's really difficult to work under this environment, and moving away from it, I think, is really what we have to begin to uh, do. Thank you, Professor Chernow. <laughs>